Welcome back to the High School Transcript Podcast. Today we had the pleasure of talking with Lakeside soccer coach Mr. Morphine about his transition from a soccer player to a coach and what inspired him to become a teacher and what his childhood was like going from the U.S. to Mexico and then back to the U.S. And now to Claudio and Daniel. Alright, I guess we can start Dia de los Muertos. You celebrate? Yeah, we celebrate Dia de los Muertos, yeah, for sure, to remember the ones that have passed away, family and friends. What do you do? Well, we do, uh, you know, the altar de los muertos in the classroom and uh, just put pictures uh, about family members, friends, to remember them on that day. Yeah. Do you usually celebrate personally? Is it more, do you kind of incorporate it into your class? Because I know we have the altar in the front. Yeah, no, I, I do it uh, at home and also in school, trying to keep up the tradition in both sides. Do you usually have like family come over and do like a get together? Is it just usually you? No, it's me. And then when my siblings come around, so they check it out. Also the altar and uh, and we talk about the nice stories about our loved ones that are somewhere else. You guys usually have like a big dinner. Yeah, big dinner. Uh, although, for example, this day came on Wednesday was Dia los yeah. Muertos, right? So we celebrate on the weekend, you know, because you know. My siblings are from other cities, and so they come, and we celebrate. What would you say your favorite holidays are to uh, celebrate? My favorite holidays? Yeah. Uh, uh, since I became a parent, I really like uh, the Christmas time because the kids are so excited, my kids, oh, yeah. you know, to really celebrate they, they still believe in Christmas. They believe in Santa Claus, and <laughs> my son is... Six, no, my my little daughter is six. My son is eight. So those two, they still believe in Santa. My oldest one, thirteen, she doesn't believe that. <laughs> but it's fun. Christmas, the Christmas time for to get together with the family and yeah. friends. So it's a nice time. What foods do you usually have? Foods. Uh, we do tamales. You know, pozole, menudo. Verdes uh, or rojos? Uh, both. My both. mom makes both you know tamales verdes and rojos so those are very popular and atole you know atole and uh, buñuelos and churros <laughs> yeah yeah what would you say got you into teaching yeah i get i get that question every year and i tell the students and for some reason they don't remember for example and i'm like really i taught every year <laughs> but you know I got into teaching because of a teacher, you know, Mr. Jorge Sanchez, he was my biology teacher in high school. And I took that class in Spanish back then in Los Angeles. So I was, uh, I was 17 years old when I started high school, by the way. So, so I get into this class, I spoke no English. So I was your age and I spoke no English. So, so I was lost and, and then uh, I, I enjoyed the class biology. And I thought, like, I just want to be like Sanchez, you know. I want to be like Mr. Sanchez and be a teacher. And without having any idea on how to become a teacher yet, but I'm like, I want to be like him. So that's how it started. Mm. Yeah. What do you think made you focus on Spanish? Did you have, like, an interest in biology? Yes. Another story that I have is that because I wanted to be like my teacher, Sanchez, you know, I got an A in the class, I enjoy biology. Uh, 
so fun. Uh, but then I went to Cal State University of Los Angeles to play soccer. And in the first two years, it was all good, you know, training soccer and then taking the entry level biology, you know, for uh, like you would call that the generals, you know, basic biology. And But then in my third year, it was time to take the big classes for biology, but they come with a lab. Uh, you know yeah so what that means you have your regular class you know in the morning and then you have the lab somewhere in another time you know or maybe another day and the lab was a conflict with soccer mm. and I'm like I am not gonna drop soccer <laughs> yeah. so guess what I did so I, I went back then we still didn't have internet man I was not using internet back then still 1999 so I went back and talked to Sanchez again my my teacher and I'm like Sanchez uh, what do I do like uh, if I don't go to the soccer sessions you know they're not gonna they don't excuse you in the college level you know in college soccer they don't so he said uh, they know just teach Spanish and and I was like what really I can teach Spanish and make the same money <laughs> because for <laughs> some reason I thought back then you know like hey we talk about 99 you know like we didn't have a lot of information, resources like you guys to find out about careers, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. Nobody told me, you make the same money if you teach PE, Spanish, you know, biology, English. And he gave me the answer right away, and I felt so relieved. I'm like, oh, thank you, because I always went back to my high school, Lincoln High School in Los Angeles, you know, Lincoln Heights. So I always went back there. I stayed connected, still connected with teachers, with Sanchez, too, and... So that's how I changed from biology to Spanish. <laughs> what do you think? Did you play soccer before college? Uh, yeah, yeah, I played high school. High school, uh, my high school, uh, all my years in high school. Uh, but because I, I came uh, when I was 17 and I started high school here, so I played in Mexico. Oh, okay. In Mexico, I was playing the U-17s and the regional teams. But I was a goalkeeper back then. You know, in Mexico, my life, goalkeeper, goalkeeper, because... You know, in Mexico, when you're starting to play on the streets, if you're tall, yeah, portero, goalkeeper, you know, because yeah. they want people to block the goal. And I kind of like it. I was pretty good. But then I came here, and my high school coach, he's like, no, you got speed. I already have a keeper. So he changed me to striker and defender. So my positions on the field changed when I came to the U.S., when which, I came back to the U.S. Which do you like more? you think fits you as a player more? I think uh, because, you know, every soccer player wants to be a striker and score goals, right? But I, technically, I was limited in the technique level, you know, because I trained during my whole youth to be a goalkeeper, and I never trained with my feet like nowadays. You know, nowadays, goalkeepers, they need to dribble and pass. Uh but I think I would have I would have had a better shot to go at, at another level if I would have stayed a center back defender. But then I played striker in college, and and it went good. But I think uh, I would have if I have to go back, I will stick to defender center back. When you were young, did you ever have like aspirations to go to the next level in soccer? Yeah, everyone does. You know, everyone does. I was. You know, I was. Dreaming the dream. Uh, in fact, when when I 
because then I transferred from Castro LA to Castro Dominguez Hills to play soccer too, because uh, I had uh, some arguments with coach. So I transferred to the rival school. <laughs> so I went, for example, from Padres to Dodgers or something yeah. like that, you know, <laughs> or vice versa. Uh, so I go to Dominguez Hills and, uh, and when, when I transfer, uh, that's when, uh, I also changed position again, you know, I changed position there and, uh, but it, it was a good move because sometimes for, because I thought that by going to Dominguez Hills, I was going to probably have a better shot for pro and we play actually uh, one friendly game, you know, in the preseason with Dominguez Hills against Chivas, you know, some of you already mentioned Chivas. Uh, so I couldn't believe it. I was playing a scrimmage against Chivas that they were in a tour in the U.S. Wow. And they were looking for scrimmages. And they destroyed us like 8 0 <laughs> 9 1. And uh, we had like no shots on goal. So, but I just couldn't believe it. I was playing against uh, some players that I admired so much back then. That's amazing. Yeah. So what were some good. of like the biggest challenges you faced when playing soccer? The biggest challenge is it's uh, always to keep up the level because in the college level, uh, every practice you're playing for playing time. If you relax, someone is going to take away your minutes, you know, your playing time. And that's what I also try to instill in my soccer players, like, hey, every practice counts. Like, if you just relax a little bit, you know, someone, someone, else, gonna, someone else will take your playing time. Yeah. And uh, I think the challenge is always to keep up the level because the college soccer is something else. A club it has nothing to do with total different perspective. And very, for example, very quickly, uh, uh, Eric Estrada, who just started to play soccer here from Lakeside, went to Pomona College. He right away told me, "Man, this is a different world." And I'm like, "Yeah, that 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 was my point to tell you at every practice that." Every practice is not for granted. You have to really work for it. It's totally different. The competition is crazy in college soccer. Do you think you try to prepare your players at the high school level um, to kind of give them that leg up in college? So if they take soccer up in college, they're already kind of acclimated to what it'll be like? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that that is my vision to really uh, prepare them for the college level for the few ones that will probably make it, you know? And uh, not only because I played it, you know, but also because I have been the college level coaching, you know. I was in Occidental College in Los Angeles for four years before I moved here. I was assistant coach. And so I, I know the college level, you know, from both perspectives. And that, that's the goal at every practice here, to train as hard as possible, you know, to be smart and play, to be ready for the college level. I kind of want to go back to the last Chivas because that's crazy that you were at just in college and you had the, the opportunity to play against them. Yeah. Were you a fan of that team before then? Of course. I've been a fan since 1986. Oh, that I, I was like seven. Wow. <laughs> so and the and the, the guy that I, he, the guy that was my hero back then, you know, like you think your heroes was Carlos Hermosillo. He was a big striker. He played us for LA Galaxy after he came here, and I couldn't believe it. I, I was playing against him and in the corner. Wow. I was marking him up. I, I can say that he didn't score in corners when I was uh, next to him, but uh, it was just he would use his arms to just push me, and it, it was just a different physical level. You know, those guys are something else, the pros, you know. And 
to be honest, on that day, I realized I'm not gonna play pro, it's too late. You cannot, like, you don't have the proper pre preparation and the skills, by that time it's too late. I mean, we all noticed, my teammates like, oh man, this is something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you think if you had started maybe earlier on that you would have taken that path to go pro? Or do you think you still would have wound up teaching? No, I mean, I know like if I would have been in a, like academies, nowadays you have a soccer academy, you know, with great coaches, great competitions, they travel. The academy, for example, at LA Galaxy, LAFC. Uh, by being in those academies since you're young, or at least when you're like 13 already, then you have a better a better chance. So I know if I would, back then there were no academies, you know, so you just will go straight to the tryouts, to go to the tryouts with the teams that they will have it every year. And then, but hey, you're with 200 kids or more. But yeah. uh, I think I would have had a better shot, definitely, you know, if I had started way before in a great atmosphere, like in an academy. What would you say your favorite part about teaching is? My favorite part about teaching is I, I like the daily basis to interact with uh, with students. You know, like I think that's to learn, uh, like learning. Uh, like Claudia wants to go to Italy and study there, and then just talking, right? Talking about it, talking about other things with students. You know, learning about what they're doing. But ultimately, when you see them graduate. Right when you see them graduate, you feel like it, it's just amazing because you guys are gonna go and uh, do crazy things for the world, you know. Yeah. And then we can tell as teachers, you know, the the best reward. I know Mr. Flannery mentioned. I, I I remember you saying that before. Like we just want you guys. The best reward is to see you guys do something great. You know, like we don't need anything else. We just when I hear that you're doing great, you know, like to hear stories oh so and so from Lakeside is doing this oh great you know that's that's that that is what uh, we love and I love a lot to to about teaching you know to see you guys starting to really take off like an airplane <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was gonna yeah. say it's always like the teachers that because you've definitely been one of my favorites this year but I think it's always those teachers who get involved with their kids and it's not just kind of like here's your assignment do it but it's those teachers that try to build those personal relationships, I think, are always the, the best mentors and best teachers. So, oh, man, you're, you're barely starting this year, right? I didn't meet you before, right? So you, it's my first year having you, yeah. right? Well, it's nice that you're feeling good in the class, you know, improving your Spanish and getting better, you know. That's, I think that's great. And yeah, But that, that is a plan, you know. If it's just about busy work, then uh, I don't know. I cannot do it, you know. I cannot just... It's about relationships, you know. Yeah. It's about relationships and uh, being patient sometimes. Also, you know, like it's not like it's not all wonderful every time. You know? <laughs> sometimes I yeah. need to be chasing kids in the on the hall. You know? Go to class. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say your transition was like from being a player to a coach? Uh, it, it, it's hard at the beginning because you are thinking as a player. You know, you're thinking and. Uh, and as I go back, when I started, I'm like, I remember I have it. I had like so much energy. Uh, I was on fire and trying motivating kids, but tactically, I don't think I was the best. I was using strategies, tactics that I learned, you know, for my coaches. But as I started uh, 
taking licenses to coach soccer, you know, with the U.S. Soccer Federation, then you start learning more. But that's how the transition is little by little, because at the beginning, you're still thinking like, like a player. But as you take it to the next level, like, okay, this is something I want to do, you know. I want to coach high school. That's what I always wanted. When I decided to teach, I also want to coach. So I always wanted to do both. And I feel like if I don't do both, I'm going to be missing something, you yeah. know. That's Yeah, so that's how it was, the transition. How, how long do you think it was, how long do you think it took you before you kind of developed your own coaching style? Like it kind of fit you and you were just doing your own thing and not so much kind of using methods that other coaches use on you. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying because, uh, yeah, in the, in the first years you're trying to copy, learn for what pros are doing. Uh, but I think it took me like 10 years to really finally get it. And I would say it was like in 2018, my second year coaching here. And I feel like I kind of, okay, I got it. This is how it's going to be, you know? You always, I mean, I'm always stealing ideas, but but now you have a, the game model. Okay, this is, how I want, I, I, this is how I want my teams to play, you know? These are the expectations. Uh, it takes time, you know? But nobody would do it in two or three years coaching any sport, you know? After 10 years, I feel very good, but still hungry to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, like, with each year increasing, because there's so much, like, talent in the world, do you always find yourself having to, like, recreate strategies for players? Well, always the the challenge is, uh, and the goal is that you want to always be creative, find the right drills, activities, to make the team uh, play better, you know, to improve. That that is the bottom line, but yeah, I'm still I still look around, you know, look on reels and uh, actually, for example, it's, it's something new is in Instagram. Like, dang, it's, uh, wow, it's, uh, they post so many great things, yeah. you know. And I've been seeing following academies from the world and just trying to copy basic stuff that I can use something new that oh, I, I could have done this, so I just saved the video. <laughs> and then uh, creating drills, but the main tactical, uh, it's hard to change. Uh, I already know what I'm going to do for the tactical, but it's the, the small activities that lead you to the bigger ones. Yeah. yeah. How important would you say it is for you to kind of build like a team chemistry where it's it's more of a family, not just kind of numbered players, but everyone's in it together? How important would you say that is for you? Uh, it's very important, you know, the team chemistry to get along. And every year it's a challenge, you know, because the high school season is so short. And that's what I encourage my players to play other sports also so they can keep up the spirit, you know, the yeah. school spirit, to play sports, the competition. I have some in cross-country, they're in soccer, so that's good in terms to keep a small group in cross-country that they also go to soccer. So it makes it easier to kind of start putting the team together. But getting along is very important. And you're always going to have challenges every year. You're going to have a kid or two that... Doesn't really want to, I don't know, cooperate. But it, the goal as a coach is to really involve that player to be part of the team. How long have you been coaching cross country? Uh, cross country, that is probably like I think this is my fifth year, but my second year alone, like head coach, like taking the whole program. I think second year. Uh, yeah, because I started, I believe, in 20, 2018, around 2018, to help. 
and then in the last two years I've been the head coach for both programs. How oh. would you say the what rock paper scissors? <laughs> ah! <laughs> what would you say the the main difference between coaching like cross country and soccer is? Ooh, uh, the motivation. You know, uh, for cross country it's really hard to for an athlete to to run and things to think it's fun to run five miles. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to come at 6 a.m. and it's like, the, it's hard to be creative to coach yeah. cross country, you know, like what activity am I going to do if it's about miles, you know, <laughs> running hills and running miles, a few days sprints, but it's just about running, you know, like keeping that motivation uh, for the kids to stay active, you know, to participate, stay fit. But in soccer it's different because uh, pretty much everybody plays watch soccer they dream soccer they eat soccer drink soccer so it's all soccer so it's easier in soccer yeah yeah in that way i can definitely relate to that because when i started like working out more and, and losing weight the first thing i started doing was running and i think after a while it's kind of it's i think it's a more mental sport than anything because you're just kind of by yourself maybe you have music but it's not as you're not as involved it's just kind of you in the road so i think it's definitely a lot a lot different yeah, than, for sure. Than other games or arts, stuff like that. Yeah, and I really admire those kids that really are committed. I'm like, man, I'm like, really? You, you come to run, that, that is great. But I find, like, it's just hard, you know, to find yeah. kids motivated. I don't think if I would have been motivated back then to run cross-country. I don't know. Cause I didn't run cross-country in high school. I did track, track and field. Do you think soccer is probably like one of those sports that requires the most stamina to like just keep keep the energy pushing like all the way through and there's not really a lot of like resting periods to like regain yourself? I think for sure because uh, in soccer it's a lot of a lot of sprints that could be short like around maybe 20 yards and you do some recovery but it's a good it's a good mix you know it also depends on your position you know yeah. like, Whoever plays on on the wide, like right wing or or right back, whatever the situation is, they run a lot box to box, and they're required to run more. Mm. Yeah. How do you how do you build that conditioning in your players? What are some like the methods and tactics you use to get those who are maybe a little lower on their stamina get up to where they need to be? Well, we're doing, and if you check the Instagram page, you're gonna know uh, we do a lot of heels. You know, like the, there's research and. The, if you run heels, you're gonna get faster, gonna help endurance, stamina, is gonna prevent injuries. Uh, so it's proven, you know, like running heels is great. So what we do is uh, we run heels for the, like three times a week. Next week is my last week running heels, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and there's gonna be the rest of around two weeks to recover. But now the recovery process becomes doing sprints now. Now you do you change, okay? You build those legs, they're gonna you're gonna get volume, they're gonna get bigger those legs because they're running heels. And then after that, it's time to the leg to get smaller, you know, but now you work on speed and now you're gonna be ready to really run a lot in the game. So that's pretty much the fitness. Mm. Yeah. What were maybe some of your favorite training sessions to do when you were a player? What did you kind of look forward to or maybe activities that your coach gave you? What were your favorite exercises? 
the the one that we use uh, to do a lot at Cal State Dominguez Hills, uh, we would do a small siding in with big goals, like playing six by six uh, with two big goals, or you know, like it's a game, just a small siding games. So, uh, that was my favorite one because that one I do that also here with the kids a lot, like because it involves everything. It includes shooting, defending, headers, you know, passes. So. And then the, the overall shooting drills, that was as a player, every player loves shooting on goal, you know? Yeah, so that was definitely my 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 favorite acti- activities when I was a player. And I also liked it a lot as a coach because at the end you need to score goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think, uh, are injuries like a big thing with soccer? Like, is it really often? Yeah, I mean, especially when, if the player is not fit, you know, if you not if your body's not prepared, then you're gonna suffer injuries. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's important the heels. You know, because you need to prepare that body. But then, uh, uh, if you do heels, you do the right training. Now you need to also take care of what you eat. You know, your diet. You know, eat the right thing to take care of your body and recovery. Yeah. Are you really strict with your players regarding like their diet? <laughs> Well, I try, but, you know, I don't know what they eat, you know. I, but when I see them eating chips at school, hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you gotta eat something, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, something healthy, you know. But. You mentioned earlier you um, came from playing soccer in Mexico to the United States. When did you, like, move over here? Yeah, okay, yeah, because we kind of went backwards, huh? So, uh to make it clear, so I was born in LA. Okay. You know? So that's why, even though it doesn't look like I was born in LA, but yeah, I was born in LA, so I was here until the age of eight. Okay. Then my parents decided, like, back then it was easy to go back to Mexico and come back, so they wanted to go back, so they went back. And we stayed there for a long time, for eight years, you know? oh, eight, um, almost seven. So I came back when I was 17, so that that, that, that is the gap, you know, like, like uh, when, when we do the immigration projects, you know, I always tell the kids, yeah, when I cross the border, I make them feel like, yeah, I crossed the border, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, no, actually, it looks like I was, uh, but uh, no, I didn't, you know, uh, I don't have a problem if I would have to, but, uh, but no, I didn't, my parents did, you know, but, uh, but it, I always, I leave that part of the, my life that makes me, uh, helps me to understand the other side, you know, people that come from Mexico. Because when when I came, you know, when I was 17, to me, the fact that I was born in, in the U.S. and to be a U.S. citizen, to have papers, it, it meant nothing because I didn't speak English. I, I felt like my older... You were an outsider. Kind yeah, of. yeah. I felt I felt like the way my classmates were feeling because we were in this ESL class that is called now ELT together pretty much the whole day, you know? So we will feel like, I will feel like, like damn immigrants, you know? And a lot of them, they will, they will be talking about, yeah, when I cross the border, you know, la migra casi me agarra and all this, you know? <laughs> and to me, I will hear the stories where I'm like, and they assume that I also had stories. I'm like, no, I, I, I was born here. Nah, he's lying, he's like, I was born here. <laughs> but it didn't feel like I was born here, you know? Cause yeah, like you said, an outsider, you know? Cause when you're learning, uh, English, you know, and to me, I mean, the key for success to me, like, I don't know how I got it, but uh, to me, the key was like, if you learn English, 
there's no excuse to not do something good in the U.S. That was my mentality, you know, and I still believe it, actually. You know, like, you speak English, like, but, but a lot of kids, because they don't go through that experience, you know, they're born here and everything raised here. Take it for granted. Yeah, they take it for yeah. granted, but if you go there, work on the fields, and uh, let, let, let's see if you love school or not, you know. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I was, I felt back then, and to me, the key was like, if I just learn English, I can do anything. And that's why I decided to be a teacher without knowing the requirement. I already knew, like, if I learn English, I can be like Sanchez. That's all. That's all I knew. Do you think that kind of makes you extra sympathetic towards those kids who don't speak any English, especially here at Lakeside? Yeah. Because you can relate to that. Yeah, I can relate. But then also, when they're not, they're not doing well, then they listen to me. Yeah. I'm like, well, what are you doing here? You came here, you, you know, like, you're here to do something good, not to be fooling around. <laughs> I went through this, you know, I had to learn the language, so what is your excuse? You know, like, if you didn't go through that, what, what do you think you'd be doing? Like, do you think you'd still have that inspiration to be a teacher? If it wasn't for my experience in Mexico or... Yeah, like, feeling like out, like out, like an outsider. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know, like, uh, I, all I knew is that I wanted to do something, but if I had been born in here, uh, I don't know, some, sometimes my family tell, tell, tells me, like, yeah, if it wasn't for Mexico, the fact that you went to Mexico, maybe you would have stayed here and just be, like, a kid that didn't care, I don't know, like, it's hard to tell, you know, but, yeah. but I, I, I always try to inspire because that's one of, uh, that's one of, uh, another thing that I like a lot about uh, teaching is to inspire you know students to do something or soccer player you know like to put it out in their head like you can play in college or a student you can do something with your life you know yeah. do something good you know I think yeah. it's kind of cool because my story is kind of the opposite like I spoke English but I'm Mexican and I never was raised in a household where we speak Spanish so I always felt so disconnected from who I was supposed to be yeah. and when I came to Lakeside I like chose okay I was going into Spanish one but I knew that I wanted to be in an AP class by my senior year mm -hmm. that I wanted to learn it and become fluent in it because it just felt like I was missing a piece of who I am so mine was kind of the opposite but I wanted to learn it so yeah. bad but I didn't have anyone around me that really spoke it or there to teach me so I think like when I got in Spanish one, I'm like, all right, let's do it. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to suck, but wow, I'm only to put in the work because I feel like, like I said, it's a part of me that, that, and now that I do speak it more, I feel more connected to who I am. Yeah, because you, then you understand more of the culture. You know? yeah. Like, yeah, I saw that you were watching the videos that I put you guys today about yeah. <laughs> Dia de los Muertos and food. You were excited for moments watching it. That is the point, you know, to try to put it in the kids' heads, you know, that, that is important in culture, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's why I wanted to learn it because going to like Italy in the future, I still want to have my, my past with me and like I want to pass that on to my kids. Say that this is your culture, even though we live maybe in Italy, maybe in the US, this is where you come from. Yeah. So I, I kind of have like the past and the future because I'm learning Spanish from my heritage and then Italian because I'm moving there. So it's kind of like double-sided, but, but yeah, I've always loved languages. Yeah, I took an Italian class, like, probably mm, 10 years ago, around 10 years ago, because uh, I thought it was very similar to Spanish. You can understand a lot, you know, and I took it, and it was fun. It was fun to take Italian. Do you think you have, like, a natural 
knack for language or is that just uh, I think for, for Italian for Italian and uh, Portuguese yeah I think I would be like very interested it would be nice languages to learn mm-hmm. but for example French for French uh, I don't know I just don't I cannot relate to French I don't understand anything and I wouldn't study French you know like but maybe because I don't have that background, nothing, you know, like, I don't understand anything. If I, if I watch soccer in the French, French, the French television, no, but if you, if I, uh, when I watch soccer in Italian, it's nice, you know, or in Portuguese, you know, I get excited. I think that was one big thing I noticed, like, when we go over there to Italy, is because I'm improving my Spanish, I pick up more of what they're saying, yeah. even though I don't know the same vocabulary. I think most of the grammar is pretty much the same, right? Well, a lot, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. So it's pretty similar, but I was like picking up things and I'd, I'd just walk by, but because they're so similar to Spanish. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, for sure, you know. But one day I want to go to Italy, for sure. It's and, super beautiful. Yeah. Especially northern. My dad comes from Sicily, but he moved up to northern Italy. And it's funny because over there, the Sicilians speak a different dialect. Um, so they... Like when he went to mainland Italy, like where are you from? Because they're, he's speaking different. Yeah. So I thought it was an immigrant. He's like, oh, I'm from Sicily. Oh. I want to go to Milan, yeah, because I want to watch my dream would be to watch Inter de Milan play, you know? Yeah. In San Siro, you know, in the stadium. So that would be awesome one day to go and watch. I'll Inter. be honest, it's, it's not as nice as it's portrayed. Probably not. Milan. No? But the stadium, I want to go to the stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the stadium. Yeah. It, it's kind of like LA, though. You have like a lot of graffiti. At least yeah. where my school's at, you have like yeah. a lot of graffiti and all that type of stuff. It wasn't as luxurious as most people think. For sure, yeah. Could depend on the part, but but yeah, I'll fly you out one day. Yeah, if I make mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> want to go ahead and transition to rapid fire? Yeah. So. The first rapid fire question is Marvel or DC? Marvel or DC? Yeah. Uh, and why? Uh, I don't know. I would probably pick Marvel now. Why? Uh, it's, I guess, exciting. Or <laughs> <laughs> Do you think their movies are better than DC? Uh, well,. I, I only watch them with my kids a little bit, to be honest, but I, it's not like I know the whole stories, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I can not relate allowed, to that. I'm not allowed into movies. Yeah. Okay. But it's because sometimes I watch movies with my kids. Yeah. But I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. Do you watch more, do you watch yeah. more movies and TV in Spanish or in English? Uh, I, I like to watch uh, sports movies in English, you know, a lot, like. My favorite one is always going to be Remember the Titan, you know, That's Facing the one. Giants. Those, those are movies that inspired me to coach, you know. I wish I watched them when I was a player to get more pumped up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, uh, yeah, for sure. Fruit on pizza, yes or no? Fruit or pizza? Fruit on pizza. Fruit on pizza. Yes or no? Uh, depends. Blueberries, yeah. I'll probably eat Piña? Piña or blueberries. <laughs> Even strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer uh, cats or dogs? Oh, uh, a dog. Yeah, dogs, I guess. Yeah, I'm yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, we have one. Uh, it's annoying, but yeah, we have a dog. <laughs> Las Chivas 
o yeah. Inter Milan? Oh, la Chivas. No, first, oh, man, no, I gotta go for Chivas because of, by being Mexican background, you know. Yeah, Chivas for sure. First, I go. I, I always tell them, you know, Chivas, Real Madrid, Inter, and Chelsea. Yeah. Would you rather be a coach for Club America or Chivas? No, Chivas. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> See, if you're on America, you could sabotage them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, it's been a pleasure, Mr. Morphy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. Viva las chivas. Arriba las chivas. Arriba las chivas. All right. Thank you for listening to High School Transcript. Remember, you guys can find us on Spotify and iTunes at High School Transcript. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at High School Transcript, all one word. And if you have any teachers you'd like to be on this podcast, then make sure you DM us. See ya. See ya.